0: You are D. No. no, no. I'm Andrea. God, how much have you had to drink, mum? I'm getting all muddled up. Okay, no. I'm all muddled up. No. We're here. Together.
1: Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's, hole at the waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a
2: stroll. It's time to neighbors. CJK conveyors. Let's
1: get the Neighbours. Hello, this is Neighbours. We are the Neighbours Recap Podcast and we overanalyze recent episodes of the Aussie soap opera Neighbours, classic television program. I'm Vaya. I'm in the Mobile Pirate Net studios back in freezing Melbourne. I've got CJ. Hey. We're in CJ's house, which doubles as the apartment. The apartment that Izzy and Carl lived in when yeah. they were... You know, yeah. which looks an awful lot like Robinson Pines or whatever. Yeah, yeah probably. It they they probably is, yeah. And we've connected via Lyra. Kate over at the Anglesey Backpackers. Hey everybody. <laughs> what a change from Lasseter's Gold Coast this episode. It's a lot colder. I bet Anglesey is freezing. But also, like, it's nice when you go to the beach and it's winter because it's really dramatic. And that is really fitting to what we're talking about tonight, is it not?
2: Well, it's it's cold down here and surprisingly there's not that many people down here, despite it being school holidays. But a friend and I agreed that yeah the people who come down here in the summer are actually wealthy enough to go somewhere warm in winter or somewhere really cold in winter Um, so it's a ghost town down here
1: you know what else is a ghost town the beach at werribee yeah which is where young Dee bliss plummeted to her fate well there's no ghosts there there's just alive people resurrecting out of the sea there's just a bit of poo in the water <laughs> <laughs> and god knows what happening ashore <laughs> we god what i i can't even fathom that we have to recap this after yeah. the couple of weeks we've just had like we were covering the loki's red carpet in the last episode and in this episode we're covering the return of actual d yeah it's been a big few years really yeah.
2: Why wasn't Madeline
1: at the Logies? That's my question. Yes, because the Playing for Keeps cast were there. Um, Olympia was there for yeah. playing Tens Playing for Keeps uh, along with the other gals, but no Madeline. And she she's must only, have been busy. She's only like a 50-minute drive from Lasseter's Gold Coast. Oh, she lives in Bondi, doesn't she? Byron. Byron. Okay, they're they're different places. She's living her D life there. And tonight I've brought some salted caramel fudge. Where's it made, CJ? Oh, it's made in Byron Bay. This is why. This is why she's bought this here. I was. She was. Vaya she, walked in with this packet of fudge. Like, like I wasn't sure why. I mean, fudge is delicious, but also it's because yeah. <laughs> it has a neighbour's joke on it. Yeah. Yeah, Everything I do has purpose and meaning <laughs> I don't just carry things with it. It's Byron, handcrafted in Byron Bay by, by a couple of stoners, no doubt Ewingsdale Road Let's set the scene CJ, can you paint the cultural landscape that is Byron Bay And its surrounds, including Nimbin So Nimbin and Byron are, are, are a bit different So Byron is like a coastal place Where everything is beautiful and perfect And Bench D fits in there perfectly the easternmost point of Australia, that that lighthouse. I actually listened to a podcast this week about how, which was about an article, Mm -hmm. and I don't remember which podcast or which article it
2: was. (gasps) Is it the Vanity Fair article? It is the Vanity Fair. Thank you, Kate. You've always got the facts. So it's from the latest Vanity Fair, and it's called The Coast of Utopia. From the looks of Instagram, Courtney, Adamo, and the surfing mamas of Byron Bay are living the dream. Can it be real? And it's basically an article about these privileged, wanker Instagram influencers who live in Byron Bay living their best lives. Really? Murphers, they call themselves, mum surfers. And they've just, yeah, this group of photogenic people with great filters and children with bizarre names as well.
1: And everything's beautiful and wonderful. Then you drive up to Nimbin and everything is really green. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and tie-dyed. Um, and barefoot. People are barefoot. Yeah, that is normal. Walking around with a torn dress while completely off your head, as D seemed to be a bit this week, completely normal, Nimbin. I wonder, is Happy High Herbs still there? I, I went to Nimbin like, like it would have been 15 years ago, 16 years ago. I was staying at the Gold Coast, went on a road trip, just to walk through Nimbin and laugh at it. And I'm such a good girl. Like, I wouldn't do anything bad. And all my friend wanted to do was get stoned. But, like, no, we're here to look at the beautiful scenery. Oh, no. I'm sure there's multiple, like, Happy High Herb type shops there. They don't have, always have to have storefronts. No. <laughs> I feel like smoking marijuana was kind of, like, legal there or at least completely unpoliced.
2: I think that's the case. I don't think it was legal, but I, I think they probably have Mike Brennan on the policing there.
1: <laughs> oh. Poor old Mark. Just a uh, Shoebecue version of Mark. Just barbecuing up the espadrille wedges. So, Except espadrille wedges is like actually a bong. <laughs> <laughs> that's set the scene nicely. We'll park that. Firstly, Neighbours Council Business. The business again. We've got 60 patrons. Which, <gasps> that's amazing. It's been a huge overwhelming surge of support for this podcast and we really needed it I took three months off of work just to focus on podcasting not just this like a few other bits and pieces I'm trying to cook up but it meant that we could do something crazy like fly to the Gold Coast because we had that cushion of Patreon there to help us get there we just abandoned our lives and went and did it
2: and thank you so much to all our patrons for that because we had an awesome time and it was such a great opportunity for our podcast wasn't it
1: Yeah. yeah We couldn't believe we were standing there and had amazing chats with who the who's who of Australian TV. Just <laughs> amazingly. Like, it took me a full week to come down from it.
2: Who do you think of first when you think of people we interviewed on the red carpet? Ooh, mm, good question.
1: I, um, Chris Brown. I always think of Dr. Chris, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, he's so
2: beautiful. He's
1: mm. also known as the Bondi Vet. Mm. He is a dreamboat. I'd met him before, but I think he got taller. Yeah. I
2: feel like... They, we were standing in the gutter and they were up on the footpath. Like there was a lot of men who were very <laughs> tall we were talking to.
1: I think of Her Royal Highness Carrie Armstrong, mm. a.k.a. Nanny Ellis. So I had a list of who was attending the night and I knew the Neighbours cast were going to be there obviously and we were, you know, going to speak to them and as many of them as we could and I knew that there were a few others there that were connected to Neighbours but that weren't On the show. So it was just going to be luck. It was just going to be who we could hustle to get. And Kerry was my big white whale. I'm like, we have to talk to Nanny Alice. Mm -hmm. Like, she's an internet hero at the moment. So a lot of – a few times you might hear it in the edit from our episode, but I was just yelling people's names at them. Like, Olympia, Costa. Like, I'm just yelling at people. And I had to do a big old, Kerry, Kerry. Kerry. And it reached her right at the right moment and she came over and it was wonderful. That just symbolises the hustle that we had to get on to get some of these people. And speaking of the hustle, like I enjoyed listening back to that, the Carrie Armstrong interview because of the insight she gave us into Nanny Alice, the character and how she played her and what she, yes, you know. That, I, that
2: Jack Nicholson
1: mm, yes, in The exactly.
2: Shining. Wow. Who knew? That's look, if, if you're going to aim for a psycho, that's a pretty good psycho to aim for. <laughs>
1: I mean, because often she's quite nice, her characters. Like if, if people go and look at her back catalogue, at least suave. Mm. And Nanny Alice was a bit of a mess. <laughs> um, and she brought like catsuit, like God. Oh, and she, it, I, it, she mentioned that the little whiskers were her idea. <laughs> um, but I thought what an honour that neighbours gave us Nanny mm. Alice for this storyline because, I mean, this was big and they really – no one could have ever done this justice. Like, it's so it's so huge. But giving us Nanny Alice and the stupid Crystal guy, what a wonderful treasure. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you, you've got the cake and then you've got the icing and the sprinkles and the cherry and that's what we had.
2: That just reminded me of um, when we saw Tina Bursell as well and she was, like, in the midst of all her Doctor Doctor colleagues – you know, who are a bit more famous than her. And, like, I just remember you shouting out to her and she was about three metres away and she kind of, like, looked up and it was like, yes, we
1: want you. We don't want the rest of those nobodies. We want you, Tina Bursall. And the star of her show, Roger Corsa, was nominated for a Gold Logie. And we saw him towards the end of the night and we were exhausted and we just all looked at each other and were like, eh, we're not going to worry about him. We wanted Kathy Carpenter.
2: But, like, Roger Corser is, I've mentioned him a few times, saying that he should come in as the here unknown older Brenbro.
1: Oh. Yeah, they keep magicing up young teenage blonde girls. Time for a 35-plus attractive male brunette man. Who's competent. Can I hear your cat, Per?
2: <laughs> oh, God. I'm trying to, I've literally got my arm out, <laughs> keeping his body at arm's reach. <laughs> phil can you take purry away please this is the cat that's in my um twitter avatar as well
1: oh yeah remude on twitter that's purry
2: so going back to what i think of when i think of our red carpet interviews yep. sam neil oh, jesus christ Sam Neill! that was the, the longest five minute of my
1: life. (laughs) And I think it was only one minute. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Penny, friend of the show, said, it didn't sound that awkward. I'm like, I cut out a few pauses and I still left pauses in, so. I can just still see his bemused face. In my defence... His name wasn't on the brief sheet of who to expect. So I had no research going in as to why he was even there.
2: Yeah, but he what was he from, though? No. He's from something recent. I still don't know. I was kind of excited to get Mike from Maths, which we did have a few questions about who he was afterwards. And
1: Yes, if you have any questions about who any of those, the who's that of Australian showbiz, jump into our Facebook group Neighbours Council the council has been hopping. We've done a lot of communal viewing this week. Mm. So a big thanks to Mayor Joe who opened up a thread one night and we all watched together. I was up really late at night. I got up at 2.30am and watched one of the episodes in UK time and it was a freaking party. That was the time of my life that night. I got up at 4.30 just two hours later. I woke up yeah. two hours later and read it all Um, like after the gym. It was great. <laughs> and also so thanks to our newest patrons, Steve, Catalina and Wolfman. That's business. Let's get into the denouement credit, Kate, for that verbiage. I feel like we've
2: got to do a lot of debriefing tonight as well.
1: Yeah. we are, If we don't say D every, in every word, we've failed. We're going to talk through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday chronologically as swiftly as we can and hit through all the beats that unraveled in this plot line with... Andrea Summers slash D-Bliss, the doppelgangers. The double banger. Or as Julia Morris called it, the double bunger. Oh, sorry. Yeah, the double banger. That sounds better, doesn't it? All right. Monday, July the 8th. Now we are in Byron Bay. We set the scene before. Stoner country. Influencer, beautiful. We've got some family members that live up there. They're sort of earth mother type of people, you know, grow their own kefir or whatever that means. Kefir.
2: But also, yeah, like um, Chris Hemsworth lives there. So it's like there's a lot of wealthy people there too.
1: Yeah. And he works at the uh, tuck shop at his kids' school. I think I just got pregnant right then. Yep. (laughs) Just from knowing that. Um, Wow. Uh, I forgot everything I was about to say. The reason – now Nanny Alice takes us to Byron. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to keep calling her that. She's also known as Heather, the mother of Andrea, who we know as Fake D. She's taken us there because she's got intel that a guy named Riley is up there and he's going to know where real D is. And I forget why she needs to go find real D, but she's doing it. Why does she go up there to find D? Probably to kill her. (laughs) Yeah, she says that she's going up there to find out if she's a threat. But also, like, that is just classic ridiculousness because if something is in bed and it's dormant, All you have to do to make it a threat is wake it up. Yeah, don't poke the bear. Mm. We start the week two Ds by a bench on a clifftop in Byron Bay. One says it's real D, she's boho D. She's got frizzy crimped hair, a long flowing maxi dress and a patterned headscarf. I want to mention the crimped hair in a little while. She looks over at Andrea, her doppelganger, and asks, oh, are we related? We look the same. Andrea doesn't really have an answer. She's like, no, whatever. It's just, we're not, it's fine. This is just what we are.
0: Are we related? I'm Andrea. You know how they say for everyone in the world, there's someone who's just like them? I guess that's us.
1: This is life. Roll with it. Do you reckon that would
2: be your first reaction to go, oh, are we related, rather than just, what the fuck? (laughs)
1: anything we're going to discuss from now on, the natural human reaction would be what the fuck. There mm. is no other reaction. Maybe Dee had a, a couple of bongs that morning
2: and she's like, oh, I not know what's <laughs> happening here.
1: <laughs> she had some green granola. I think I would have walked away because I'm like, okay, single white female who's got plastic surgery to look like me is now here, so I need to leave. Also, don't – here's a hot tip for the Tinder generation – don't be organising cliff top meetings with a stranger. Mm. Particularly when you nearly died falling off a cliff, basically. Yeah, where's her PSD? Why isn't she away from cliffs? Like, Piper couldn't go back to cliffs after her <laughs> situation. She couldn't walk outside. Dee, Cotton's on. Oh, you know Toadie then? Because I'm here to meet Heather. She was going to tell me all this stuff about Toadie. So how's Toady? And I think Andrea says he's happy as Larry. He's mm. great. Been through nothing. <laughs> And she lies. She says he's moved on with his life. He's with me now and we have a son and his other relationship broke up. Dee's like, well, how did he come to terms with the fact that you look like me? She's like, oh, yeah, it was weird at first. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. He just did, Karen. He just did. Mm -hmm. Because Karen is the name Dee goes by. Because you can pick any name to reinvent yourself as. You're in Byron Bay in the northern rivers of Australia. Yeah. Why is her name not like Parsicle? (laughs) Parsnip. It made me think of that um, song... She's
2: changing her name from Kitty to Karen. She's treating her MG for a white Chrysler LeBaron. Short skirt, long jacket by Kate. Exactly.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm also drinking tonight in honour of Nanny Ellis, and I think I've drunk every podcast since. The podcast awards. Someone, The girls from Eyes on Gilead, those handmaids, Got me sourced and I haven't stopped drinking on the podcast since. Because they know how to record a podcast about a serious show.
2: <laughs> you know what's going to happen in our next episode, Vaya? Mm-hmm. We're going to have to call in everything's anonymous.
1: <laughs> oh, definitely. I'm surprised they weren't there waiting to deal with Heather. Maybe this is how we get raise on the show because she has to be running that now, right? Because Sonia's dead. Oh, yeah. There's a dampener. A great thing is there's a tussle on this clifftop. That's the thing. Even if, okay, Andrea's agenda here is to silence Dee, she doesn't want her meddling with any of this toady business because Andrea wants to live the good life. She doesn't have any follow-up questions. She's heard about this Dee woman for years, but she doesn't, she's not bothered. They have a tussle. Dee goes over the cliff
0: again. You know Toadie. You really don't want to open that chapter again, do you? Oh, I had this message. What? She said she had some important information. You don't know her. him anymore, okay? Heather, okay? She just blows things out of proportion. That's what she does. You know, maybe I should talk to her myself. No, it's okay. Riley gave me her number. I'll just call. Now, Cole, that's not a good idea. Touch D? That's
1: going to ruin everything. Let me go. Over she goes, and Andrea somehow grabs one of D's accessories, and off she goes.
2: Thank you for explaining that because in an epic bad timing, that was the exact moment I put baby Harold down to sleep. (laughs) And I don't have a pause down here on the TV. Oh, no.
1: Andrea literally goes straight to the airport, doesn't check out of Byron Bay Comfort Motel and just jumps on a plane back to Melbourne.
2: Fun thing for our listeners, if you Google Byron Bay Motel, it actually brings up the exact motel as the first option because it's called the Bay Motel.
1: Well, that makes sense. That's the first thing Andrea would have done is first Google hit and off you go. Yep. She didn't have much time on her hands, did she? That's the other thing. Andrea's flown up there. She found out her mum's up there Mm. causing a mischief. Who, by the way, Andrea has no money. No one has money. She doesn't have 60 Patreons to get her up there? No. Okay, there's been a lot of analysis over the travel itinerary, warranted. I've broken it down on Twitter, Neighbours Pod.
2: I started doing like heavy in-depth research into this and I finally, you know, I was working out, okay, so they must have met like really early in the morning and I was even looking at shadows trying to work this out. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm guessing, and then I looked at what sunrise time was in Byron Bay and it was, like I think just before, I think about 6.45 or something. So I was thinking it was probably sometime around 7 that they met up. And then um, D, sorry, Andrea must have gone to the Gold Coast Airport and caught a direct flight from the Gold Coast to Melbourne. And then Alice went and got D, and then they must have flown down because she had that nap. There's one direct flight from Ballina, which is the Byron (laughs) Bay Airport, that gets into Melbourne at around one thirty. So I think that she must have had her turn and then was well enough to fly by about 11, 11.30. So
1: there you go. I thought you were going to say, but then I decided not to. But no, you fully did the whole gamut of research.
2: Because then I was looking at, because when Andrea turned up, yep, it was daytime and then she went and had a nap and then she came back later. And then when Dee actually turned up for real, it was still daytime. It wasn't like... <laughs> evening in Sparrow. So there was a lot of um, careful timing for them to actually make it there.
1: Whereas I was crunching the sums. To do any kind of last minute travel between Melbourne and whether or not you fly into Byron or you fly into the Gold Coast, it's going to be at least $200, if not up to $400, depending on what time of day it is. So each of those individual flights would have been around $250. And I would like to point out this was all during school holidays, so it would have been on that upper scale. Holy but be- Jesus! you're right.
2: And I noticed some people online were questioning as to whether you could catch a domestic flight with no passport or shoes and you don't need photo ID at all on domestic flights, do you?
1: Shoes they probably would have pulled you up on.
2: I don't know. Look, if they went through Ballina, they're probably like, not the worst to have seen. Keep going, mate. Your feet don't look too bad.
1: (laughs) So I just want to let you guys know that I watched it and just didn't even think about it and went, yeah, yeah, they're off to Byron. (laughs) (laughs) There must still be some of that 100K that Andrea hasn't fritted away yet on international flights. She's got some in the kitty. Now, Ian, Crystal's man, Ian, who I will never understand the point of, but he's back because Andrea's enlisted him to tell the Rebecca's oh, I've got on to D, guys. Got found D's number, just found it, gave her a buzz. She says she's D, or I rang Karen, quote unquote. She says she's D. She's hopping on a flight from Cape Town, South Africa. She's coming tomorrow, guys. They're like, cool, thanks, Ian. What's her flight info? Dunno. Don't worry about it. She's going to get an Uber. There
2: can't be that many flights from South Africa to Melbourne. And it
1: took Detmec about four hours to Google one of them. He comes in and he's like, there's one coming in at 9am. All right, thanks, mate. Where were you six hours ago? I'll I'll hear none of this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, because he's another standout, wasn't he, CJ? Oh, yeah, he really was. Like, I might even blush. (laughs) Scott McGregor. Yeah. I don't know what I thought, how I thought it would roll out on the red carpet. I didn't know who we would meet in what order and they all came in a big cluster. So Mm. we had to kind of scramble and talk to uh, as many as we could. I wasn't mentally prepared for detective mechanics so early in proceedings. Mm. Also, I felt very secured by him the whole week. Every time he was like, because I could tell in his heart, he was like, "I am here and I'm doing this for Sonia," and I knew <sighs> that. And he was like taking care of Toadie for Sonia. I'm getting emotional. That's yeah. you're right. Yeah. And I, I felt when he said, "I've got this," I was like, "He does." You're right. He wasn't doing it for the case because the whole time I'm like, "Why is he? Who? Do, what does he care about this case for? Like, he's only a constable." But you're right. It's for Sonia. Oh my god, that's gorgeous. Yeah. Kate's glaring at us. Yeah,
2: No, no, I'm not glaring at I'm actually glaring at my phone, trying to work out the shortest possible flight from South Africa to Melbourne. (laughs) And I found one which leaves, um, so it's a 14-hour flight from Johannesburg to Melbourne. It's not bad. Leaves at 9.15pm in Johannesburg and arrives at 7.30pm the next day in Melbourne.
1: I had the pleasure of watching some Real Housewives Johannesburgs last night. (laughs) Um, Karen would be up for that. I don't know which guys of Madeline West would be going there, but one of them. So Andrea hatches a plan. She's told them via Ian that Dee's en route. So what she's going to do is peace out of there. She tells her daughter Willow, I love Toadie. I got to go. I can't face Dee. I'm going to be triggered. She's going to be triggered. She even says at one point, I don't know what kind of reaction she's going to have. Like Dee's going to be allergic to her or something. And she packs a bag. She goes, got to go to Perth. And the Mrs. Doubtfire, Mrs. Deetfire plot begins to unfurl because she's got to go put her her face into a cake to pretend to be Dee. How does she
2: do her hair so identically as Dee?
1: Sidebar on the hair. So I was watching, delving into a bit of YouTube, enjoyed some of the wares out there in their neighbor's ether, neighbor's tube exists, who knew? And I looked at Dee and Toadie's wedding day mm. back in 03. What I noticed from that era is that, so Madeline West has dead straight long blonde hair, like Roxy's. On her wedding day, it was crimped. For God knows what reason, because it's the early noughties, it's not mm. the 80s. Crimped or wavy? It was weirdly crimped. It looked like um, like raffia that you get in a parcel. <laughs> right. And I think every image of, of her in flashbacks has been from that wedding day. So I feel like maybe hair and makeup and wardrobe have this image of a crimped, frizzy haired D or she's like Encino Man, and she just got frozen from that day, and then she- that's why she's so weird. She's frozen, and she doesn't understand the planet yet, but she knows what Uber is. Oh no, that was that was fake Andrea. Day. That was yeah. Andrea.
2: <laughs> she's looking remarkably unstressed in these photos for someone who's just found out about her sister's boyfriend's gangland
1: connections. Do you mean sixteen years ago? Yes. I don't think she knew then. We'll get to it, but I just I thought she just thought, oh, this is a weird. Workplace, bye, got to get married tomorrow. I don't think she cottoned on to what she'd walked into. Uh. I also don't know how Andrea got her hands on a crimper so quick sticks. Because you still, even if you did it naturally, she would have had to plait her hair, like wet it down, let it dry naturally. No, no, no. You put the plaits in,
2: then get the hair dryer onto the plaits.
1: Oh, smart. she okay. Yep. She doesn't have a job. She's probably got a bit of time on her hands. She's not like she's only just friends with the guy she lives with, no relationships, no. Kids, I guess that we didn't, or she was oh, torched you, on them. Do you mean D now? Yeah. Oh, D? I don't, oh, Andrea. Sorry. Yeah. Her, I'm confused. <laughs> I buy her crimping because she can just run into the ocean for a frolic and then her hair gets sea spray. And it. literally, she has nothing on because her life was ruined. No one told us if she's a nurse still. Anyway. No, nah, she tried to work in that cafe, remember, once and they never rang her back. Like, that was the extent of her life. Who? Um, D. <laughs> Well, when Heather first went to Byron, she found that Riley had put her name down as like a casual, but they'd never called her. Like that was the extent of her footprint in the world. Isn't that terribly sad? That's unbelievable. Considering the news coverage that this event would have created, because this is a newly wed disaster. This suburban couple go off to Werribee Mansion, they get married, they drive around Werribee, they fall into the ocean, the wife's gone. In a, in a wedding dress. Without a trace. If she still looked the way she did on her wedding day, which she does except for a few tweaks, people should be phoning that in. Yeah, Australian True Crime with Michelle Laurie and Emily Webb would have done an episode about um, it. Um, they would have. And actually speaking of, if only Dee had died slash not died in today's day and age, she could have started a podcast and then just reported on these Zantac people. And then, you know, that would have been that. She would have been a famous podcaster. And Toadie would have known about her because he would have listened to it because he's a lawyer. That would have been the most amazing way for it to come up. If Toadie has come in, he's like he's drowning his sorrows, he's had a hard few weeks of grieving and he's like, I found this new cool podcast about crime. I would have felt like that was a nod to us, to be honest. (laughs) Okay, so there was an amazing moment. We watched it live. CJ and I were streaming it. You can look at it on Facebook. The moment where we cut back to Byron Bay and Nanny Alice has the real D presumed dead, but she's got her on the bed.
0: Listen, you can't keep ignoring me, Andy. Here I am, clearing up your mess, the job you didn't do properly. You need to call me so we figure out what to do.
1: She's plucked her from the trees that broke her fall at the bottom of the cliff Always check your cliff bottoms mm. when you're doing crimes. They've got a few twigs in their hair and a few scrapes, but they're fine.
2: How the hell did petite nanny Alice Hall uh, unconscious? D back to the motel.
1: Um, I'm going to go with made a man help her. I'm going to go with she was so on the sauce that you can feel superhuman when you've had a few. True, like I can, I got her. I'm going to pick her up myself, and down she goes. Possibly, but I also think she'd be like, this is my daughter and she's been drinking too much. Can somebody help me carry her? From the bottom of the cliff to the top. Yeah. Now, Andrea has kept a souvenir from her crime, like a good serial killer, Mm. the headband that Dee has wrapped around her head. For some reason, even though no one in Erinsborough has ever seen Dee in 16 years, she thinks that the way to get away with her disguise of being fake, fake Dee again is to pop on a headband.
2: She's method acting. She's embodying Dee now.
0: Also, it works.
2: I wish she put on a tinge of the South African accent when she said,
1: hi, (laughs) Toadie. You're right. She could have gone full Meryl Streep in A Cry in the Dark slash Evil Angels, depending on where in the world you're viewing the Lindy Chamberlain biopic. When Meryl Streep does the Australian accent, she was criticised. People were saying, oh, it's not a good Australian accent, but actually she was doing lindy's actual accent which was new zealand born then australia Ah. so meryl was doing a kiwi slash aussie accent a la amy also it was
2: the early 80s so touch bogue too as well
1: yeah so this is what we needed from d from andrea summers who has proven to be a high class thespian Mm. she knocks on the door before we get there D's hatched a plan. CJ, what is it? In the hotel room, she sees that she's locked in with a chair against the wall and that Nanny Alice is three sheets to the wind. So then she realises Nanny Alice is completely not okay. She starts pretending to be Andrea and she just basically makes Nanny Alice hallucinate, I guess. Well, she thinks she's hallucinating. It's the best. Um, and I really I, – I, I, yeah, I super enjoyed that. But she gets the drunk woman – to leave she gets it to happen and to be honest we all knew we'd seen that scene on promos of the two girls in the same room the two Madelines in the same room so that moment was actually kind of I don't know it was kind of fun because it was a little bit like she was Dee and she was Andrea and she was shape-shifting in her own little moments and I thought that was really cool but she
0: completely fooled Drunk Old Nanny Alice.
2: But she did this by putting on the best Bogan
0: accent as well. You know there's a bottle shop just down the street we could go. No you stay here. Oh it's the least I could do. You've helped me so much you know I'm hardly even hurting now mum. What did you just call me? Mum.
1: You're not my daughter. Here yeah, I am. Stunning. The Summers women and now Dee Bliss all have careers ahead of them if they weren't all in prison, all acting. Maybe Andrea and her mum can do a prison acting troupe. Yes, they they definitely can do that if they're there for long enough. (laughs) And by the way, she picks up that Bogan accent just in that small thing. Like she read her accent, like that is an (gasps) actor. Yeah, she had spoken to her for three sentences. Yeah, and she took it all in. She's a chameleon. But do you reckon she's, she's just thought, oh,
2: she looks exactly like me, but my God, what a bogan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but the funny thing is, Andrea doesn't dress like a bogan. Not that they have a uniform, but uh, she, she wears a sensible cardi. She does. But no, no, I'm going that it's bogan. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is it Kmart chic? It's Kmart chic and it's sort of like... A little bit mix uh, mixed apparel. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, um, for our international friends, one of our supermarket chains has a clothing line. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and Vaya and I may have purchased some $2 dresses this week from there.
1: We made out like bandits.
2: <laughs> from in Geelong, no less. So we probably just missed Andrea. <laughs>
1: yeah. In fact, a lot of what Nanny Alice is wearing, like that print she wore this week is right out of Mix Apparel. I reckon she did go down to Coles. She probably, she was she was on a tight leash there in Geelong. I mean, she did make it to Byron.
2: So are we thinking she was living in Morn Ponds? Uh, yeah. I was thinking uh, Corio initially, but I reckon she was near that Coles.
1: That's why she's got a full suite of outfits, $2 each. Um, yeah, I feel like it's, I mean, our international listeners won't get this, but she looks kind of Sombriesque esque in those clothes. Semi-rural, mm. but upwardly mobile and with a touch of the bogues <laughs> and they're all doing amazing work whatever they're I was born in i'd like to, i'd like to point that out <laughs> okay it's morning whatever day it is toadie's plunging the coffee andrea is like i'm stepping out of this because d was his great love and we've had this a lot this whole mm. look sonia's dead whatever they had a good time for 10 years but d was his what his ultimate his and wife for 12 and a half minutes this is controversial i think Because they were in their early 20s, early to Mm mid-20s. They probably would have got divorced. Now, like I essentially am back with my – I don't want to call him my first love because I'm going to sound like Tarajan Vance. (laughs) But my first boyfriend is my current boyfriend. And there was some fun in between with some other – there was some other stuff. We wouldn't (laughs) (laughs) – Oh, dear. We got together and then there was a seven-year break and then we got back together. Mm. So – I understand in the seven years, did you sit there and caress that photo of you, you and him together like Therese? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> that's nice. Uh, did you think about him at all? <laughs> I sent a text every year <laughs> on his birthday. That's oh, that's a... nice. Yeah. I'm saying I understand that people can be connected to the first one and done, particularly if they die in traumatic circumstances, yeah. yeah. But I also, I'm not going out with the person I was going out with 15 years ago like we've both changed a lot mm. and i also there were other people i was into a thousand years ago that i would never consider it's just a really strange concept to go yeah that person you were with at 24 i just feel like sonia and Toddy had they went through all of this stuff together so they've been through other than the the jump off the cliff Tody and dean never really went through stuff I mean, we watched an episode that they were in the other week and it was just like, oh, Dee doesn't like a guy at the hospital. Whereas, like, Sonia was, like, getting on the smack sometimes. Yeah. Like, they went through real stuff. Yeah. Adult relationship. It was yeah. an adult relationship. Yeah. And so one is lovely and flighting, and maybe we could call her the one that got away. <laughs> 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 Not his true love. She's the ultimate. Yeah. So knock, knock, knock. There she is. And Andrea Summers has found a beautiful bohemian red maxi dress. I mean, I guess she just went down to the bric-a-brac and maybe got some of Dee's clothes that Tony's thrown out.
0: I don't know quite what to say. I feel exactly the same way.
1: We have a repeat of that scene, that iconic scene from nearly three years ago. Madeline West returned to our screens, knocked on the door, walks in, and it's like, Hi, Tony, it's Dee. Mm. Love what you've done with the place. Yeah, she, she, was it Kate or about one of you said, Oh, I'd love if she did that again. And she said, She knew the script. She delivered it last time. Mm. Yeah, it was the same actor. Can't believe you still live in the
0: same place. The same, but
1: different. And he has to go. Look, one of the most well-worn lines of this saga is, is it really you? Is it really you? No. No, it's not. It's Um, Andrea again. (laughs) And she was really leaning into the bohemian vibe too. And a lot of our international friends are confused as to how D is such a flake and a space cadet. She's
2: probably brain damaged, right? So she was unconscious for a good period of time. Did she say she woke up in New South Wales? Yeah, like two days later. Well, that's a long time to be unconscious. Then the actual D, modern day D, she was unconscious again for hours after falling down a cliff. She's probably got some sort of swelling on the brain and, ah, oh, the poor lady.
1: And Riley's still clearly keeping her in good supply of the good stuff up in the northern rivers. CJ's husband, HJ, on the Neighbours Council made a comment that stuck with me, and that is, I don't. Actually, think this is really her, and I am kind of with that. Like, I this doesn't feel like D. Yeah, to me, this is just another lady. This is Karen. Hey, wait a second! The crimped hair that only appeared on the wedding day. Maybe he married Karen, and D is like still in whatever hole the xantax put her in years ago. Because we actually, whatever we unravel in a moment, we still don't know what the deal is with the doppelgangers slash were they sisters? Or is it no. a multiple birth split up? I'm going to put it out there and say that we're never going to know because I think this storyline is now over. No, I don't think anything's ever over.
2: We're never going to know because who's on the case? Old mate Zetmec. <laughs> oh,
1: but he,
0: he's got it, Kate.
1: <laughs> he's doing it for Sonia. He was on bus stop duty a couple of weeks ago. I don't think he's up to it. No, now he's he's running the whole investigation. He's the Ron Idles of Ramsey Street. <laughs> Cody has to go through all this rigmarole again. Where have you been? What have you been up to? Why didn't you contact me? Yada, yada, yada. Susan comes around. She's involved. Like, oh my God, it's like seeing a ghost. It's like, no, it's like seeing that same lady that you saw before. (laughs) Oh gosh, poor Susan. She's been through this. Oh. And actually in the early episodes of the wedding aftermath, Susan is the one that was there for Toddy. Angie came home and put Toddy to bed, but then Susan came round to comfort him and make sure he was okay. He wasn't. But it was a nice full circle moment with Susan being there for Toddy. Yeah, because Carl's in England.
2: Mm. Yeah, Susan is the mother that Toadie deserves. It was funny going through the, the cast list of who was actually there back then and it was only... Susan and the OG Ellie were there at the time.
1: Yeah, because there were a lot of our old favourites. Like Libby was at the wedding, Steph was at the wedding. Funnily enough, the episode where Dee goes missing is peppered with a B storyline of Libby flirting with Taj, her ex-student slash former whatever he was. It reminded me of that moment where Ned and Yashvi just popped up later in the week having a coffee at Harold's. It's like I don't want to talk about this May-December romance right now. I couldn't believe any minutes were wasted on anything that wasn't this <laughs> the whole week. There actually was an amazing moment with Kersha where she's like, I can't believe this. And Yashri's like, what, this dead woman coming back from the dead? And Kersha's like, no, seeing you with Ned. <laughs> oh. It's so good. It was a perfect sister moment, right? Willow comes in. Toady is forced to fill in Andrea on all the, fill in D. Fake D on all the bizzo that's gone on with fake D. Mm. He must have just shown her my YouTube song parody, summing mm. it all up in three minutes. And now, real D has brought Carrie Armstrong's nanny Alice, who's completely um, I've run out of synonyms for drunk, probably because I am heading there myself. Blotto? Blotto. They pull up in the silver top taxi of dreams into the cul de sac after a two hour flight from Byron Bay. I'm going to go with interacting with her medication drunk. That's the level of drunk that I reckon she is. Oh, good point. Yeah, because it's not normal. Like, she's on something else as well. But but that's the
2: level of incapacitation that she needed to achieve for Mark Brennan to actually catch her.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And in a cul-de-sac, like it was a dead end, not an open road. (laughs) By the way, I love that so much because sometimes – you know that whole, I'm just lucky, in the right place at the right time. Mark was definitely just in the right place. He walks out and he's just like, la, 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 la. I think he was putting the bins out. Yep, got to get, it's yellow. And He's walked out to the street to figure out if it's yellow or green week. He's not sure. We've all got to find out from someone, right? And then he gets down there and he's like, wait a second, there's that attempted murderer <laughs> right there. And she's incapacitated and can't get away from him.
0: I shouldn't be here. It's too risky. Hey, stay where
1: you are. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Heather showing you're under arrest with the attempted murder of no. Sonia Rebecca. Then the Rebeccas arrive. Uh, Dippy, Shane, and oh, that this was actually probably
2: my moment of the week because Dippy catches um, an, an eye on Alice, and she just like ran up like she was about to give her the biggest smack of her life. It was it was it was my favourite moment.
1: And I assumed that was because she paid her and didn't clean her house properly, not because of the Sonia stuff. <laughs> Nanny Alice and real D slash Boho D, as I know her, step out into the cul-de-sac. Now we've reached a real little bit of a problem in tonight's recording. (laughs) To cope with this storyline, I have been drowning my sorrows. It's very difficult to make sense of my notes at this point in time. However, Andrea goes out into the cul-de-sac, Ian's there, she pretends he's an Uber driver, which seems to work even though Tody can see him through the car windows. And his, his car isn't that exceptional, is it? doesn't seem uber worthy. But here's the moment where I'm like, is Tody just cut up by grief and has no room for follow-up questions in his life anymore? Because D in the red dress rolls into his door and he doesn't need to know where's her luggage, which flight was she on. Where's your photo ID? ID. He's Toadie, man. Why would he ask any of these things? He's the debt mech of the law profession. Yeah, and the, you know, widower profession. (laughs) And he at one point he's like, I can't believe I'm sitting here on the couch talking to my dead wife. And he doesn't even specify which dead wife. Yeah, and when he said that I actually felt so sad. You know when you say the word died or dead to somebody who's just lost someone? It's like a weird situation. And I haven't been in a widower situation, but I I realise when you say things like dead wife that must like kill your heart inside so when he said my dead wife i imagine he went oh like double double whammy pain how has he not turned to the drink i've turned to the drink just to discuss this
2: i guess he's just got to try and keep his shit together for his kids
1: well suddenly he's remembered the kids
2: <laughs> they've yeah. been
1: schlepped all over Ramsey street this week
2: they've been provided an awkward plot point of their own with the um Gazcan can and
1: amy Oh, the buddy comedy we all oh, deserve. Yeah. Gaz yeah. Can and Nelly is double act. I was all about it. I just, I really think he's just rising to the occasion for his kids. Again, for Sonia. So there's this moment after Detmec tackles Nanny Ellis in the street. <laughs> God, it was good. And you can tell I'm losing track of what's going on in life because I recapped that before I recapped them stepping onto the cul-de-sac. But whatever, this is life. This is how we're rolling. So then... Boho D knocks on the Rebecca goddamn door again. Mm-hmm. And for the third <laughs> time, <laughs> for the third time, that mofo's got to open that door to this bitch. <gasps> Jesus. Tody totally. Unbelievable. You
2: think he'd do a double take? You think he'd be like, what?
1: <laughs> this is the point where I was like, what the fuck is going on? Someone's putting a little something in my drink. Someone's been lacing my shortbreads. With like with acid?
2: <laughs> surely. Surely this is this is no Byron Bay like marijuana thing. This is like bloody hardcore chemical drugs. Also, why is D
1: why is Andrea still blonde? Her original ID photos had brunette pictures, so <sighs> I guess she just liked the D lifestyle and stayed blonde. She's delightful. There's no reason they should look the same.
2: Well, except for the fact that then they couldn't have that pantomime of the the double Ds.
1: Because also we have that great Krusty the Clown and Homer Simpson denouement where um, we don't know who's who. So she comes in and she's like, I'm D. No, I'm D. No, I'm D. I'm Spartacus. (laughs) Willow doesn't know which one her mum is. Real D's like, look, here's the scar I have where the seatbelt cut into me. I'm like, is that the only injury you get from falling into the ocean via your car? Yeah, and a sprained ankle from the next one. I mean, sorry, wrist. I fell down. I fell onto the footpath and then six hours later, the night I got up at 2.30 a.m. to watch the episode with the Brits, it was dark and I had socks on my feet and I slipped down my stairs and fell down half my stairs. (sighs) Oh, my God. To the point where um, I have bruises on my derriere. Coccyx. Yep. And my partner looked at me and was like, I thought you fell on the front, like forward. And I was like, that was my first fall, sweetie. My second fall was backwards, okay? And I'm an invalid. And I did not let anybody hear the end of it. Have you you reached the stage of
2: your life, Vaya, where you haven't just fallen over, you've had a fall?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was not good. But poor real D, she's like, fell off a cliff. Debt makes like want to go to the hosp? She's like, nah. I'm good to go. What do you need? I was unconscious.
2: Yes, please, can I have a brain scan?
1: Nah, she's fine. She's fine. The way we find out, how do we find out who's who? Our first
0: kiss was during during that stupid game of truth or dare. It was the best kiss of my life. In your wedding vows, you promised to love me to the the end of end of of your days. How do you know it's How do you know it? The last word you said to me before our car went off that cliff. Just kiss me
1: one Then Willow tackles her mum Which was an amazing moment I felt mm. And then Toadie looks at Dee And utters for the upteenth time Is it really you? Oh god the poor man I feel like he's numb to grief now And he's just wash letting it all wash over him As we are And then we head into this interrogation And the biggest bugbear I have with this interrogation Is that Constable Mark Brennan is doing it never utters her full name. Her name is Dion. Or Dion. Dion. Or the day they went for their drive in Werribee, Toadie stopped to take a slash, much like the slash he took when Sonia was dying because Angie had, like, sewn up his fly to keep it because it was coming undone. Hang on, so he dropped trowel? (laughs) Yeah, on the side of the road before they hopped. Oh, my God. Before they hopped back in the car. So whoever tampered with the car like tampered with it so that it could run for a while, stop and then get going again and then malfunction. So he did this because I don't remember this at all because obviously the peak of the episode was going yeah. off the cliff. So he stopped when Dee was in the car. Yeah, they both stopped, um, had a little kiss and a cuddle by the side of the road. He had a wee and then they hopped Do back in. Did we see his bum? Oh, no, no, no. Okay. Well, back in the day we, we didn't
2: see bums. Not like now where it's bums plenty.
1: Not like episode 7,000.
2: So with this car tampering, it must have happened while they were at Werribee Mansion. So it would have been highly likely that they could have just driven off and launched into a market garden somewhere around there because it's all... (laughs) Just the rose garden.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it's all just fields of lettuce out there. It's not often that tampering with a car will make it fly because it just sort of flew off, didn't it?
2: Because, you know, people know we've all been there. It's very flat. There's no, like, launching ramp.
1: And um, newsflash, gals, we're going back there. I've got some plans. Oh, I've got a plan. Excellent. So there's this moment w- when he's stopped to take a slash. They look into the boot of the car and he's surprising Dee with a surprise honeymoon to the Maldives. Lovely. Wow. Well, Did should it- anyone go on that holiday? I don't think so. Like, like, did Steph say, I'll just go? <laughs> Maybe Stony. <laughs> yeah.
2: It was back in the day, so it was probably just the physical tickets as well. And once they yeah. were wet, they just yep. stiff shit. So
1: they drove away from their ceremony. I don't think they had a reception because they drove straight out of Werribee Mansion and it looked like they were going away for a night somewhere. But here's the thing, right? The most amazing thing I've ever seen, it's not, i am just lost my mind, but we look at the close-up of the tickets to the Maldives and guess what it says on Dee's ticket? It says Dion Bliss, spelled D-I-O-N-N-E, which is incorrect. Oh, shit, that, they're going to have trouble when they get to the airport when her passport doesn't match her ticket. Oh, well, yep. no, no need to worry. <laughs> Tony drove off <Robert> a cliff. <laughs> Thank God they avoided that issue. I hope he had travel insurance on those tickets, yeah. So Dion, no wonder they ditched those syllables because no one could deal with them. Now Dee sits herself down on Toadie's couch and he's like, WTF, where have you been? What's going on? Here's what happened. In the lead up to Toadie and Dee's wedding, young Cecile Bliss, Dee's little sister, who was her bridesmaid, uh, was dating Riley no last name, Ponytailed, auburn-haired fellow, they were going out. He was involved in some organised crime. It's gangs, guys. It's gangs. Yep. Of course. Uh, they're behind everything. Of course. I mean, it, we know what was going on in Melbourne at that time. It yep. was all gangland. That is very true. Underbelly Zantucks. There's. Yep. He's involved in this organised crime gang called the Zantucks, who's also a production staff member of Neighbours, yep. Joe Zantuck. And and a famous football family. Yeah. It's a fresh relationship. It's new. He's not your plus one at the wedding. No, no, you don't invite people that are very no. new. No, no, no. Cecile's going stag to the wedding. So Dee's like, I still want to meet your boyfriend. Let's go visit him at work. They go to his work. Oh, it's a storage facility. What's going on here? It's a hub of criminal activity. Mm. Like when Paige was keeping... um was hiding stolen goods for the D'Amato gang. In the storage box. Yeah, storage facilities, no good. She has seen something. Dee has seen something. We don't know what it is. She doesn't know what it is. But the crime gang is like, we can't have this. These Bliss girls, they're got to go. We don't care how, they've got to go. We've got (laughs) to (laughs) de-Bliss. So the next day is the wedding. We've got to go tomorrow. Riley trots on down to Werribee Mansion. Don't know how he got the invite details. It's not like it was on Facebook. <laughs> it's like you can Google Jared and Dionne's wedding and get the website and their registry. You could probably alter vista it, though. Yeah, probably, you're right.
0: Apparently, Dee was on a list of people. The Zantaks wanted dead. I could try to find out why, but, you know, he wouldn't tell me. I just figured she probably witnessed something she shouldn't have. I never found out what they thought I saw or when. But they sent someone to our wedding to tamper with our car.
1: Not just the wedding limousine that's driven by Lou Carpenter, but Stu's car. What is it, Kate? It's an
2: ancient Commodore. A
1: Commodore. That's the model. It's a Commodore ancient. (laughs) I think it was a VB. Maybe a VH. It's probably about a 1980,
2: 1981. Look, the rule of thumb on neighbours is never get in an old car.
1: Um, Remind me, guys. At the wedding, so there was some part of the storyline where they didn't take the limo? Yes. So it doesn't start. Lou tries to start it, it won't start.
2: Limousines are quite unreliable vehicles, though.
1: Like, how many have I seen broken down around Melbourne? They have. Did I just turn white? Yeah. Actually, you got rosy cheeks, but that's fine. Oh, I'm still thinking about Detective Mechanic. Yeah. They knew then they were going to do this, and they just took us through 16 years. <laughs> no, <laughs> what, what happened is the production can't afford to throw a limousine off of the oh. ocean into the ocean oh they can't afford facts. to turf out an old commodore so they needed a reason for the couple to not be in the wedding car so they jumped into stew's car Mean, annoying for stew isn't it because his I, car got well, dredged i think st- <laughs> imagine if stew in the middle of the missing <laughs> search the missing person search he's like hey guys does anyone want to spot me a couple hundred bucks for my car? Well, it's <laughs> uh, probably only like 200 bucks, that car. Meanwhile, Riley loiters. He knows his girlfriend's in a wedding party. He's worried something's going to go wrong. It does. He watches it. He sees the crash. He somehow jumps into the drink after the Mr. and Mrs. Rebecca, fishes out, just D, doesn't worry about Toadie. He's like, I don't know that guy. He can die. Mm. Apparently. now, And no one sees him. That's another thing. Yeah, in the highlight reel of the wedding, you can definitely see it's calm blue ocean. It's not rough seas. Toadie's just treading water. There's nothing else. There's, you can hear a pin drop in that ocean. So I don't know how stealth Riley is. If he's doing a bit of H2O, just add water. Like he's just an ordinary
0: girl, mermaid style. I saw the crash and I was the first one in the water to fish her out. No, I was in a bad way. It was days before I knew what was going on. We were halfway up the coast by then. Guys, Toadie got out of that car pretty quick smart.
2: How did this rescue occur and disappearing act happen before Toadie even surfaced? And the fact
1: that Dee had scarring from the seatbelt meant he should have seen, like, blood in the water.
2: Well, at least that she had the seatbelt to undo Mm. as well. So, like, she was in the car. She hadn't been thrown clear. Oh, this is all very, very suspect.
1: And then old Detmec takes the police files home to do some homework to burn the Midnight Oil and he works out that, yes, there was a hit out on D. Andrea was connected to this gang. She had dated, quote, unquote, Rog. That's all she knew him as. Roger Zantuck was a gang member. So this gang was targeting D, thinking she was Andrea. Hell knows why they were doing that. I don't know what his problem was with Andrea. They just had a problem with her. And so them going after D stemmed from Andrea's involvement. So the whole thing comes back to Andrea, which is kind of cool. But, yeah, do you order a hit for that? Like, do you order a hit for someone just witnessing something? Can't you just go threaten them and say, hey, if you ever tell anyone what you saw, I will kill you and your whole family. Okay, cool, you got a deal. Well, it actually reminds me of an underbelly
2: story, an actual one with the departed uh, Alphonse Gagetano. It was in a case that had a female witness and she went into witness protection and then she was found and just threatened. And she, she said, all right, you know what? I'm not going to give evidence against him. And she got a nice holiday in Greece or somewhere, courtesy of him.
1: I am going to go with, they originally said something to Andrea, like you need to keep your mouth shut. And she said, no, I'm not going to. I'm Andrea, blah, 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 blah. And they were like, "I'm going to use k-. this in my method acting. Yeah. <laughs> and then she whipped on a cardigan and turned into whoever else she was that week. Yeah, so I'm going to go with she just was not very respondent to the threat, so they said we're going to kill her. The kicker is all of that, I guess, makes sense. I mean, if if you were to look at this story on face value and if it was a news story, you'd go, well, there's got to be some nefarious activity, some crime gang makes perfect sense Mm. the bit that doesn't gel with Toadie, the part that's got him bent out of shape is that d after she got fished out of the ocean went about her life and never gave him a buzz to say hey hubby i'm alive still here um so when did the timeline do we think the xantax got caught like how long at what point mark says 2012 mark Takes credit. He's like, oh, yeah, we were looking for those guys for years. We put them away in 2012. Oh, like, yeah, he was really good with the exhibition with exposition with yeah. this, wasn't he? So 2012, what was happening in 2012? Disaster movie 2012 came out <laughs> in <laughs> Neighbours.
2: I'm just going to Google when Sonia came to um,
1: – It was 10 years ago.
2: Really, 10 years ago. Far out. So she appeared in 09. She was probably
1: pregnant with Nellie about then. Mm. No, Nellie's six. So that's 2013 she was yeah. born. Remember, in this time, we started podcasting at the end of 2014. Mm-hmm. We've had the eclipse. We've had a tornado, chemical terrorism. We've had a murder in the sex tub. So we've, we've had Coyle become blinded and then
2: miraculously healed. We've had Tony become paralyzed Oh yeah, and miraculously
1: ki- healed. Twice maybe? That would have made the news. The yeah. Jumping Castle incident would have made the news. Erinsborough would have been on the news so many times for D to be like, whatever, I'm not going to give him a call. Sonia was also mayor, and she ran into the um, house when she was drunk. Not the house, the backpackers, and the local police got caught up in the whole burning the shoes and all yeah. that kind of stuff. All of this would have been on the news. The whole thing with D is that she Riley, who I still don't really understand. Him and Ian were really deus ex machina, like ginger ex machina men here to help us out with the plot, but Riley pops the Bliss girls into a car, drives off. I don't know why Cecile – we didn't really hear from Cecile after the wedding. He pops, I guess, Cecile and Dionne, D D and C, into the car, drives up to the Northern Rivers with them and that's where they live happily until Cecile's like, I want out. I want out of this cult. Yeah, keeping a low profile. She goes down to Tasmania, gets taken out by the Xantucks. In suspicious circumstances.
2: Yeah, apparently there's bikey gangs in Tassie. They, they don't have a, a long road to ride their bikes on.
1: It's not explained if Mr. And Mrs. Bliss were taken out by the gang or if they just died from just exhaustion. <laughs> like, they were uh, really like, angry. At um, I'm about to. <laughs> they were really angry at the uh, Bliss girl slash um, Andrea, the Zantax. Maybe she did a lot more than say something. She's like, I don't remember. I don't remember. I'm like, well, think harder, mate, because this is big business. What happens when Cecile bottles it is we get another interfamiliar love triangle and hmm. Dee gets Stockholm Syndrome, I can only assume, and falls for her rescuer slash captor, as Toadie now thinks of him as. She falls in love with Riley and she's like, well, I'm not going to put in a call to Toad. Number one, firstly, they told her he was dead. She's like, eh, he's dead. You don't want to call Steph. You don't want to call Libby. You don't want to call... Susan? Anyone else? Joel Samuels? <laughs> no one so she just says toady's dead i don't need to contact anyone from that part life. of her life yeah and then i guess facebook gets invented in 2009 she logs on sees toady he's like oh he's alive oh but he's happy he's met this lovely guide dog puppy trainer and they <laughs> they're going out so i don't want to disrupt that so she just keeps mum about the whole thing and so if if i was dee I would be on a, a regular cycle of visiting his profile. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I reckon it would probably be about once every two months. Mm.
0: Yeah. Oh, so you could go
2: about the whole hog and actually just pretend to be one of his mates who isn't on Facebook, just, like, impersonate them. Be Lance
1: on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Catfish him. Yeah. Catfish! <laughs> we need a catfish Rebecca immediately. <laughs> That's who D is. <laughs> Amazing. Because if she'd been like, Ali, she would have taken the Re- Rebecca name in the 15 minutes so we're married. <laughs> now, how about this moment? Both women, both Madelines are in the hospital. Andrea's... Oh, poor thing. I don't know what's happened. She's off her meds at this point. Oh, yeah. She, things aren't going well for her. No. Mark's like, I've got this. I'm like, no, you don't. She's running loose in the halls of Erinsborough <laughs> Hospital yelling for Toadie. You don't have this.
2: Hey, I'm on this, okay? I'm going to make sure this whole story hangs together.
0: Kate, hey, I'm sorry, okay. Get off me. I'm sorry, okay. Could you just tell me why is Mike asking me all these questions? Please, don't. Could you help me out? Please? Okay. Is that Andrea? She's under heavy guard. You don't have to worry. It was all very,
2: I don't know, it just had rings of the, the parent trap about it, don't you feel?
1: At one point I thought they're going to swap these moles again, but they didn't. It's fine. I love those kind of movies. I call them a switcheroo. Yeah, no, I thought it was intense and f- and delicious and every way that I would want to spend 6.30 at night. Except I, the explanation was as rushed as I just did it. Like, I probably spent longer explaining it than they did explaining it. Yeah. I almost wish Mondays and Tuesdays episodes were crunched. It didn't have to be Byron. It could have been Geelong and I would have been happy. I wouldn't have been happy. I'm never happy. But – and then had more time on the resolution. You
2: asked me online what the explanation was like and I said it was marginally satisfying – And I still stand by that. Yes, it explains it. No, I'm not
1: overjoyed, but yes, I am satisfied. Yeah, I think it would have packed a bigger punch if it had happened two years ago like we thought it was going to happen two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess you never know actors' availabilities or... How they thought it would play out? Maybe yeah. I don't know how these things work. Maybe they said, "Oh, let's just see how it plays on air, and then we'll reassess." Or it just went so well, and they were like, "Madeline, you have to come back. Yeah. Like, we can't, we can't do this." Yes. Yeah, she's like, "I live in Byron Bay now." They're like, "We can make that work. <laughs> it's fine. Grab your peasant dress. <laughs> Everything will be fine." Toady, what's Toadie's reaction at this point? Susan, for the upteenth time, is like, she comes in, and she's like, "Hey, oh, it's a ghost." <laughs> But, no, what does she really do? Come live at my house. Oh, my God. I'm going to be Pippa. I'm going to run a caravan park. Every bottom-dwelling member of society, come on into my house. She should run the backpackers. She could do that from there. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, Erinsborough High, we're shutting it down. It's all dorms now and it's just going to be the riffraff of the community. (laughs) And Brad can come back and take running group. (laughs) But what does Toadie say, Kate, to D at this point? He's
2: like, nah, hit the road. Why is that? He's got PTSD. D D.
0: Well, you can stay at our place? Is that okay with you? No. I know that you're a victim in this, but um, I've already been here, thinking that you're alive. Toady. but it, It's not. It's, I want to leave the past in the past. The past is in the past.
2: emotionally shattered and he just doesn't have the emotional energy to cope with the real d if she is in fact the real d i think he's well justified to be heavily skeptical because if if it is the real d which it is why was she gone for that long you yeah, know that's a massive rejection
1: just also send a letter or something yeah. postcard to just something. Like, i don't want to disrupt your life i've moved on Oh, that, that's one hell of a bloody um, upset to drop
2: in someone's life. I think I'd be happier with the, nah, let's just let bygones be bygones and I'm dead apparently. She should have just stayed out of his life like she did.
1: Well, she was going to stay out of his life, but then Andrea dragged her into it. Well, Heather dragged her. Yeah. Him. Uh, Andrea pushed her Yeah, (laughs) Um, I agree and I think That she probably just should Like she should never have gone Actually maybe I would have liked it more if she Returned because Sonia had died and she felt So heavily for him (gasps) Oh that's amazing if she'd turned Up to the funeral Oh my god
2: (laughs) No no because that to me would be even More selfish because she's making a Sad toady situation all about Herself there if she'd done that Oh yeah I think she came back because she cares for him very deeply and was very worried about what crazy Andrea was going to do to yeah, him. Yeah, good point. So that's the only thing that brought her back, her concern and love for Toddy.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's got to be weird to find out there's a woman that looks just like you.
2: Oh, yeah, I'd be wanting to work out what the hell happened there.
1: And we still don't know. So I don't know if that's happening next week or if they've just parked that for future when they need to win another Logie, they might drag that back out. yeah. Call in next this November. Mm. What about at the moment where? So, there's then Susan, when it's all explained to her,
0: she's like, oh. So, this whole thing started off as a case of mistaken identity? Yeah.
1: Q Delta Goodrum's sophomore album.
2: No, it wasn't mistaken identity, it was identity theft and fraud. There's a big difference there, Suze.
1: What about that moment, CJ, where Heather's getting her mug shots taken at the hospital and then Mark has a go at her? Yeah, he was like, I was a friend of Sonya's. You're going to rot in jail. Unprofessional, mate. Unprofessional. He did say, I'm not allowed to have an opinion or something, but if I could have one. <laughs> <laughs> he covered his bases. Then later in the week, Dee brings around her diaries that Riley's schlepped down from Byron Bay. I guess he must have forked out for the extra baggage on Jetstar or whatever mm. he flew because they'll get ya, and then Toady spends the rest of the week perusing Dee's diary which I'm desperate to get a pdf of I'd
0: love one if
1: someone could write that up and send it to me
0: I feel empty my husband's dead I can barely stop shaking he's alive he's married again oh god I don't need to hide anymore but contacting him would just be cruel
1: I feel like I've brought this up far too many times on the podcast, but Dawson's Creek was one of the first um, shows to do a really great digital presence. Oh. And they used to have a section on their website where you could click on and then you would log into the desktop of the characters. <laughs> I could really use that right now. <laughs> yeah. I... Drank an entire bottle of whatever M- this is. Miscato, pink, it's pink Moscato, and it's called Whisper.
2: Should you be driving home now, there? She's
1: not driving. No, him. I've got my my other half coming to get me. Has
2: he been there the whole
1: time? No, no, no. He's coming back later. Oh okay just checking (laughs) he's just leaving the motor running no no he's just sitting in a prayer so it caused no problems (laughs) um no he's just sitting here on the couch and he's not been allowed to talk (laughs) that's like cj's husband (laughs) no he's got he's got the door
2: closed i was gonna say it's like my husband he's not allowed to talk in the same room yeah
1: (laughs) have i missed anything i can't possibly have missed anything
2: oh the d storyline of um well d gaz can and amy are okay they're not having a baby so, let's just clear it up.
1: Oh, that's not even written down. However, the cliffhanger of the week, like we needed one because we started with a literal cliffhanger, is who's coming back into our lives, Kate? Rob Rob. Robert Robinson. We'll talk about him another day, but he's coming back and he's going to bring Jason Donovan's daughter with him. So how do we feel? I know that this was cooking for a while for the storyliners and the show. Like, I don't know how far in advance. I know for a fact that the writer of the Tuesday episode told me that they had been plotting it four to six months ago. Okay. I feel like I enjoyed Neighbours this week like I was 15 again. Aww. I watched it live, which I don't always do. Um, I watched it live with Veya on Monday. It was event television. Yeah, it was event television. And neighbours look. Neighbours has done a lot of this in the last couple of years, like Sonia's death, obviously the original day coming back, the siege, the siege, um, the the same sex marriage. Like they've done a lot of events. Also, like you know, Gary, they had that fall of the <laughs> no, I, Kyle I, I fell because that was a good. It was yeah. a good stunt. But anyway, they, they can't all be. It can't all be big. No, they can't all be big. But that was it. This is completely irrelevant and obviously not why people listen to the podcast. But I used to really. Watch, um Home and Away and Neighbours when I was uh, young, like, you know, back to back. And one year I decided to get an extension lead and bring it out to the pool, the TV, because I couldn't stand with being in the hot weather and missing... Home and Away and Neighbors, because it was that important to me. And I blew up the TV How because privileged I watched How is your life. I know, I know. But I blew up the TV and then I had to go the whole summer holidays without my own television. I, mean, <laughs> I know. I'll get the piano. I know. It was terrible. Oh my God. But I'm such an only child right now. I know. Whatever. <laughs> oh, my pool. <laughs> anyway. My own television. <laughs> but the thing is, is that if for some reason this week someone had meant that I had to drag the television outside, mm. so I would have done it. Like I was a child because I had to watch it all. And it actually, it's no longer matters to me what the real story was. And then the real story is plausible. I'm not going to say believable, but, you know, plausible. It works for me, even though it was a calm blue ocean out in Werribee. But the sport of watching Neighbours this week is exactly why I started this podcast. It was watching it communally. Live tweeting, watching it at the same time as other people, debriefing it with your mates and... Everyone had a reaction, even if it was good, if it was bad. Like, no one was indifferent to the episodes this week. And I also don't think there would have been a storyline that could have satisfied everyone in in every way. Like, it just would never be possible. Yeah. Look, it's
2: satisfying to see them, you know, reprising roles and it's good. I'm glad. I'm glad this is coming to a head.
1: Shall we do Citizen or Shitizen?
2: Uh Yeah, Citizen to well, to Dippy for uh, b- <laughs> being prepared to fully go the smackdown on Nanny Ellis in front of the world's most inept cop.
1: I'd be happy if she decided tomorrow that she's given the cafe to Puffy and she wants to join the force. Yeah, how great would that be?
2: But you know what happens? Every time a someone useful joins that police force, <laughs> they soon fall you know, quickly to the in- incompetent level of the Erinsborough police force.
1: Yeah. CJ? You know who I'm going to pick, don't you? constable brannan oh no okay yep because he's got this (laughs) and all i need is a strapping man to look at me and say i got this isn't this the pinnacle of white male mediocrity when they say i was gonna say this is ringing bells when they say i've got this and in the very next scene the culprit is running free (laughs) down the hospital corridor unrestrained still restrained they they got her. It's fine. <laughs> She's been able to yell at a lot of authority figures this week. I,
2: as you were saying that, CJ, I was thinking to myself, oh, this just feels like one of Veya's mediocre white men. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I love him and his cat and his baby. <laughs> citizen, I don't know if it's citizen or shitizen. It's got to be shitizen to D Bliss. Dionne. Mm. Even the policeman won't call you your full name. I know it. Dionne Bliss. I can't believe you didn't send a Facebook message to your husband just to let him know that he's fine for not kill. He didn't kill you. Take that guilt off of his shoulders. I want to come back for round two. Yes, go. Citizen yeah. Willow. Oh, yes, yes. Quite a whatever the mother, daughter, Freud term would be for knocking off your mother because i'm sure there's one that's the self-evolution moment right there. that's a lot that's a lot to deal with and she's now booked a flight back to port macquarie so all that rejigging of her year 12 back to erinsborough high well done willow you will be a fighter pilot yeah well i'm spent it was a week that was one for the annals what was um the like what's coming up next week is it just like (laughs) It's Rob Rob. i don't even know who rob rob is the only way you can follow up evil twins is evil triplets (laughs) Oh, them. Okay. All right. Um, It's Paul's son who caused the plane crash that dispensed with Liliana and David Bishop and Serena Oh, into the ocean, never to be seen again.
2: Okay. Never to be seen, which means they're going to turn up. They'll be here next week. Because we
1: saw them in the album, in the photo album. If there was no blood, they're going to turn up again. There's no blood in the car after the seatbelt. Oh, dear.
2: Look, the crash investigators would have seen that the seatbelt had been through a crash and then had been unbuckled
1: afterwards. The crash investigators also didn't turn up that someone had tampered with the car.
2: I did love that bit where D's are like, no, nah, no, nah, they did do it. They just were better than your investigators. And frankly, if it was Erinsborough Police, then yes, they were better <laughs> than investigators.
1: It's all over. I think, that's, I think that's where I'm at. It's over. It's over. I don't care. I don't care how the girls look the same. I don't care what those two ginger men were doing in our lives. No, they're gone now. I mean, sadly, we're not going to see Nanny Alice again. In my head, it's canon that there was a twin study gone mm-hmm. awry mm-hmm. and it involved Ian, Riley and the Madelines. Just, it all makes sense in my head. I've s-
2: still got to get you guys to watch the catering incident. It's set in Tassie. There's like a weird twist in the last episode that like would explain everything about the, the D, Karen and Andrea situation. Oh, and it also has Shona Smith-McPhee in it too. Oh, Shanoa. Friend of the yeah. show.
1: Friend of the pod. All right. Well, that's the end of the story. Kate, where are you on Twitter? I'm at Remude. And you can see her cat Purry as her avatar. CJ? CJthehotmessmum.com. Oh, stop. Amazing. And maybe.com.au. I can't remember if I bought both. <laughs> <laughs> and on Instagram. And I'm Veya Pachos on Twitter. We are Neighbours Pod on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. You can like the page. We're nearly at a thousand. I'll hurry up and do it if if we can get to a thousand. Also, I just would like to say, if you like us, thank you. I like you too. But could you review us on Apple? Yes. We read them. And let me tell you, when people say nice things about us, I read it a thousand times and look over it. Literally a thousand times. But other than that, I hear other people say this and I like algorithms and and iTunes has one hell of one. And I will be looking to you guys in the next couple of weeks to help us out with, you know, listening to us, finding us, following us, Mm. sharing us. It's going to be really crucial over the next month keep an eye out on the socials for us join the Neighbours Council on Facebook I post lots of um, videos on the Patreon app Wait, are we going to do something exciting if we
2: get to a hundred Patreons
1: yeah we're open to suggestions because I can't think of any someone asked me the other day what we give patrons and I kind of started going through it and I said look to be honest whatever they asked for <laughs> yeah. we, would, we would say yes no one no <laughs> yeah. one said they don't like what I give them yeah bonus episodes we're gonna do a buddy watch in a couple of weeks it's gonna be a good time oh Vera and i going to do buddy watch of hallmark movie because yes young mates in it travis burns yeah and Tyler brennan i'm not going to say it's an erotic film <laughs> oh jesus but it's saucy okay great um it's meant to Ooh. do we have to watch it separately and then come together later uh, maybe it's vivica a fox brilliant she took over hallmark for a whole month she's got like 180 movies or something and it's called like the wrong lady or something it's about the wrong man if you meet the wrong man and she's a detective top tip tyler brennan wrong man <laughs> yeah Here he is. You can get investigators for this. And his episode is called The The Wrong Boy Next Door or something. And he opens the door and it it does seem very (laughs) pornesque. Okay, well, CJ's made this decision, but sure, I'll go along with it. But he's beautiful in it. Like okay. he looks stunning. Great. And uh, as we all know, that means that I've forgiven him. Neighbourspod.com. Please listen to our Logies Red Carpet interviews if you haven't already. Would love your thoughts, especially even if you don't know who people are. Like just we'll explain who people are. If yeah. You don't and know. if there's like an in-joke you don't get, ask us what it is because we'll really enjoy explaining it. <laughs> I am going to find someone to pull me into the car and take me home. We love you guys to bits. It's been a great
2: time. We're nearly there, people. We're, we're, the mystery is nearly over. We I don't think,
1: know. I think it's over. I think next week we're going to talk about Gary's wedding and stuff again. <laughs> I think it's all over now. We'll be here for it. We are here for it. And do let me know if there's big episodes coming up. I will wake up at 2.30 in the morning and watch them because that was a hoot of a time. I right. won't. <laughs> <laughs> Speak soon, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Yo, listen up. Here's the story. I'm blue. i No, indeed.